0: Welcome to Balls & Brew, a podcast about beer and sports, with your hosts, Johnny and Kevin. The mics are on, the glasses are full, it's time for Balls & Brew. In this episode of Balls & Brew, we, uh, we have the pleasure, the honor of sitting down and talking all over the phone with Daniel Lanigan, who is the, uh, who is the owner of Lord Hobo Brewing Company. Uh, which is based out of Woburn, Massachusetts. Uh, as some of you guys who are who are craft beer lovers know, that Lord Hobo has just has kind of exploded onto the scene over the course of this year in the um, in the Tampa Bay area. It uh, really and really all over Florida. Um, and so and that, and that's a lot of that is um, is because of the work and efforts of Candace Appleby, who's the uh, territory sal- sales manager in this area. Uh, but, the, but we learned that they're not only exploding in this area, but they're in 15 other states throughout the United States. Uh, so they're, they're on the scene in a lot of places. So we, lear- so we learned about that. We learned about the Lord Hobo story from, from how they got the name to its roots in Boston, to its growth, to their philosophy, uh, to the names of, of the beers itself and the can design uh, and the colors and, and, and what grows, goes into building a brand. Uh, so so it, so it, so it's a business lesson as well as a beer lesson. Uh, we also um, also learned about the beer scene scene in, in Massachusetts, and we learned why Florida. Why are they here? Why why you know why is the beer population uh, uh, what, what Daniel called a no brainer in terms of coming here and having Florida be a part of Lord Hobo's gro- growth. Uh, so sit back, relax, and enjoy. Cheers. Hello. Hey, hey, Daniel. This is Johnny and Kevin from Balls and Brew. How are you
1: doing?
2: What's up, guys? How
1: much? How are you today?
2: All right, all right.
1: All right, cool, cool. We're doing better than all right. We're sitting around drinking a whole bunch of Lord Hobo on the air, talking to the brewer. Exactly. I mean, what could go wrong?
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, no. It's, <laughs> no, no. it's, it, 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 you know, it's a great day. We're, um, we're, uh, as we talked about in previous episodes, uh, Lord Hobo Brewing is popping up in a lot of places down here, down here in Tampa, Tampa Bay area. Uh, whether it be, uh, you know, whether it be bars or you know stores that specialize in beer or whatever, we, we're we're seeing a lot of it. And we're tasting it. It's popped up on the show a few times. So to be able to talk to the man, and for guys who don't know, Daniel Lanigan is the owner and head brewer of Lord Hobo. Uh, the purveyor of
1: the good stuff, and so. And continuing um, with our meet the brewer series. Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. So continuing with the meet the brewer series, we, yeah, we're we're talking with Daniel Lanigan, and so hey, Daniel, I mean, we're we here. We want to hear more about the beer, man. So the first thing I would like to know is tell us about your your journey in brewing. Everybody has one. I, I always think it's, I always find it intriguing. I'd love to hear about yours.
2: Well, the journey is uh, pretty swift and so I've never actually brewed a beer. Um, I found a company I'm a beer bar owner by trade I've been drinking beers thoughtfully uh, for a career for like 16 years and I developed a pretty serious palate and I uh, decided to build a brewery and hired a master brewer and we collaborate together and I write the recipes in terms of flavor profile and ABV and color and body and aroma and all those things and I sort of give these guys the answers to the test and they have to figure out the questions Okay. so we sort of brew we, we brew a little bit differently than most folks where they start with a recipe and tweak we start with an end game end result desired flavor profile and we try to achieve it so that process is super fun because you know they we, they go. Out, I give them sort of uh, marching orders and then they go and, pr- and pr- produce something and then they come back and maybe it's 75% of what we want it to be and then we make some tweaks and then brew it again and then it's 85% and we keep ruining it until we get to the point where our I'm super satisfied with the end result, and then we start selling it. So it's a little bit different than the average uh, brewer. I'm, I'm definitely not a master brewer. I did go to Siebel. I got some brewer's licensing, but I've never really brewed uh, at the brewery. Uh, so I don't want to uh, to say that I, I'm a brewer. I just write the recipes through you know experience and flavor profile, desire, and just my own palate.
1: Well, well given your experience and your palate, uh, what do you gravitate towards? What kind of styles?
2: Well, it's evolved over the years. Like most of us who have kind of gone on like a palate experience journey, you know, 16, 17 years ago, I was drinking a lot of Belgian beers and mm-hmm. a lot of sour beers. And I was lucky enough to get into Cantillon really early in my career, like 2003. And I kind of went through the gamut of European beers. And at the time, the West Coast IPAs were starting to come into Massachusetts. And I started drinking Racer 5 and Arrogant Bastard and some Docker Shed back then. And just sort of the palate has evolved over time. But ultimately, um, All my, you know, all my bars have like 40 taps and at this point, you know, there's been a pretty titanic shift from 10 years ago, it might be half non-American, half American. Now it's basically 99.9% American and there's a whole lot of IPAs. Unfortunately for me, the IPA is the style that I I gravitate towards almost exclusively at this point. I mean, we're we're primarily an IPA brewery. Uh, I have an appreciation for a lot of other things, but my go-to is it's certainly like, what, I, what we consider New England IPA. I've got a kind of burnt out on West Coast IPAs.
1: Well, that's not surprising. Um, I mean, to, we had the blind taste test, and you wrecked it. You basically yeah. bent everyone over and stuck it to them. <laughs> 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 so pretty, pretty, so pretty pretty much. When it, when it comes to New England's, I'd say you're. I, I feel like okay. you were doing it before it was even popular. Yeah. And yeah. And, and you're just you're you're rocking it, man. Uh, great work. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Well, thanks. That was some...
2: So five years ago, I looked at the landscape and saw, you know, there were the ten, So let's say there was like an arbitrary top ten IPA list in New England that everyone sort of mutually agreed upon. None of those beers were commercially available on a day-to-day basis. You had to, you know, wait in line, or go to the brewery, know somebody, buy it buy on eBay, trade for it, whatever. So I thought, someone needs to scale this shit, you know. Why isn't someone taking world-class IPA and putting it on every shelf? So that's what we tried to do. So we started out, you know, bigger than, much bigger than the average Start a brewery, and and you know that's why in three years we're we're already in 15 states and growing pretty quickly. But I saw, I think you know a lot of us saw the opportunity. I think we were just one of the first ones to seize it and then scale it, so that we're going more on a national level. You know, I think we're the first New England true New England IPA brewery that it's going far and wide, uh, and that's been interesting, super super exciting and well, challenging and awesome.
0: Well, yeah, I think and I think that's I think you touched on something very important because. Uh, Uh, among the many things that are red hot right now new england ipas are one of them they are red hot everybody wants to make one whether you're from new england or not it is someone told someone told someone that hey they sell go go make them figure it out and so i i i yeah i think it's cool that that you you know you guys obviously you're up there and you're you're being true to the style you know you guys you, you 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 Followed this, you were probably making it before it was a, a true style, and and I and I and I also I, I also like the fact that there's a kind of a, a begin with the end in mind, um and so I you know I I I, I think that's a good thing. And it, I mean, there's a reason why why boom it was boom sauce by the way that um that won our New England IPA um, blind taste test. I, I think it was just
1: bold. It it is came right out and said boom yeah, sauce. Yeah yeah. Well it <laughs> Here was I am. well
0: it wasn't you know there's beers that kind of sort of impersonate a style and beers that just are the style just like anything I mean same thing with food you know or anything like that and I, and I, you know I mean death for nothing now that we have you out here I mean that I think that's one thing that I just sort of definitely appreciate the most about it was that it was um, that it it was the style not necessarily imitated the style
1: it, it, to me it was no apologies it's yeah, yeah, here I am seeing your it. face yeah yeah
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah kick you in the face with some flavor you know, so yeah. You know, exactly. And, and exactly. very aptly named too. So I would say kudos across the board. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, and, and so in saying that, you mentioned that you, okay, you guys are in fifteen states. So what I have to know, why Florida? Like why 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 uh, why is Florida among the fifteen? To the sparks. I'm sure. Well, I'm sure. I, I, I'm sure y'all want to be in all the 50 and Guam and everything else, but you know. So, but why, but why Florida? Yeah.
2: No, we we don't have any desire to be in 50. I think 15 is a good number for us. We don't have any real plans to expand beyond that. Oh. We're trying to go deeper, and those. You know, we identified 15 states from the beginning that we were, that we excited about, and Florida was one of the one of the biggest ones. You know, population density, their sort of curve in the arc of craft beer savviness the number of uh brewery growth, the number of blue pubs, um the the culture, there's a really there's a really surge a surge in insistent craft in Florida in particular. There's a lot of uh young, you know, young palates down there that are excited and growing and the response to like Hunapu stuff and you know, the scarcity stuff in general and there's just a lot of inertia for craft beer in Florida. And there's a lot of cities, and there's a lot of population density, and there's a lot of transplants here from New England, and there's a lot of people who love, um, you know, who love, are, are from Boston, or from New England, and resonate with that, so. And I just love the water, I love the heat, it's a year-round drinking city and as state in general, so, uh, pretty, it's a pretty easy decision for us, honestly.
1: Um, well done, then, from a marketing standpoint. Uh, I would
0: say, yeah, you talk, talk to the tourism brewery down here, man, they'd <laughs> love to talk to you, man. <laughs> God. So, but uh, we'll, tell, we'll tell you this What do Florida drinkers need to know About Lord Hobo beers? I
2: can't hear I can hear one of you really well But the one that's talking now I can't hear very well
0: Okay, can you hear me?
2: Yeah, it's not great But we'll try to make it work, obviously
0: Okay, alright, no problem No problem But my question was just, What do Florida drinkers need to know About Lord Hobo beers? Like the ones, the ones that haven't been converted yet, <laughs> you know, like, like the, the, you know, what, what do they need to know?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Obviously, uh, you know, seven thousand breweries, and you know, we're all trying to differentiate ourselves, and there's there's not a lot of stores adding shelf space, there's not a lot of bars adding tap handles, so we have to be competitive with our other craft beer uh, breweries, and you know, they grow in number and they grow in capacity, so it's more challenging than ever to to gain attention and market share. Um, so one of the sort of our value proposition is trying to make the world understand that the uh, beer is uh, the world's most affordable luxury item, the most approachable luxury item. The best beers in the world are $8. The worst are $4. And the delta between those two is, is not very significant. And there's no Saudi prince that can buy a beer that you and I can't buy. You know, I'm like with wine or steaks or, helicopters, yachts, boats, cars, homes, you name it. There's always a better version but that's sort of unattainable to the average person, but that's not the case of fear. And so we're trying to get people to understand that the value of what we offer is worth the bill and that you get ways of flavor and pleasure and you get an experience and it's authentic and it's made by real people. So getting people to understand the, you can live... You can drink like royalty. You can drink like kings. You can drink like, you know, like literally the best beers on earth uh, for eight bucks a pint in a bar, or for fourteen ninety nine a four pack on a, on a shelf. So just try to convert people to understand that well, saving a couple bucks.
1: I can appreciate the economic diversity and, and the democracy. You know, like hey, anyone can afford to drink really good beer. Any Saudi princess who may be listening to this, I happen to have a couple of age one twenties. that I will sell, but I'm not looking to. <laughs> But I'll I'll tell you (laughs) what. What I got from you right now that I'm excited about? Consolation Prize. And and now you're you're talking to, uh, I'm a dark beard lover. I love heavy. I gravitate towards double IPAs constantly. I look at ABV. Tell me why this thing is just like tricking my brain and making me all excited about what I'm drinking.
2: Yeah, we call that our Velvet Hammer. So it's 9.5, but it has no heat. It has no residual bitterness. It's really, really smooth. There's no... No heat, in the aroma, no heat in the taste, and the bitterness is just uh, really soft, it's, elegant. It's just, everything just, about
1: it is right there. It's like it's like right where I want it to be. It's it's malty yeah, enough, it's sweet, it's it's boozy b- enough.
0: Yeah, it's got that boozy sweetness. Um, it's you know it, it it's not.
1: Not heavy on the palate, but it's strong enough that you can, be, that you can feel the flavoring, full of taste. Like yeah. I feel like I could probably have a cigar with it, but I could also maybe
2: eat a steak with it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I can drink yeah, it outside. we had a, when We measured the
2: ABV the first time. We had to measure uh, more than once. And I didn't believe it was nine point five. I kind of still don't, but it's definitely true.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. It's a it's a, a sneaky nine point five for for sure. Which which is which yeah. is honestly, it's high praise. That's uh, it, it, you know. Yeah, but you can I can feel it, but it's not like a oh I'm I like, like I'm just drinking like a fifth or whatever, <laughs> you know, that's that's that's
1: from my standpoint. That's, that's right. Kevin may feel a little bit different. Kevin. I mean, I mean I I could drink 90 minute pretty much from the minute I wake up to the minute I go to sleep. Um, so I I have no problem with the high ABV whatsoever. I I care more about the flavor and what's going on, the complexity of what's there. Um, some some double IPAs are all about the malt some are more about when they're adding the hop additions, what hops are doing, how they're doing it. Obviously, every beer is a balance. But in this case, because you talked about your process, what was the end goal you were looking for out of this?
2: Well, usually when you get into 9.5 Imperial or double IPAs, you're talking about big booze, almost mm-hmm. barley wine-esque malt character, mm-hmm. really viscous uh, kind of like a bird's caramel, typically kind of orange, mild, color, and not a lot of hop aroma. Um, I wanted just the opposite of all those things. Um, I wanted a soft, elegant, juicy beer that all had a lot residual business that wasn't overly malt sweet, that wasn't sticky. And we ended up coming up with like basically what I consider like pineapple mango juice that you can drink all day, you know. So we kind of we kind of did what we had set up to do, which is great.
1: It's like a double, it tastes like a single.
2: Basically, yeah, it's a good summary.
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. Sure. Well, and then, and then obviously, is this your basis, and then you went more New England style with some of the hop selection to, to create the Virtuoso?
2: Yeah, the Virtuoso was uh, sort of a pet project where I said, um, we Consolation Prize had been in the portfolio for a couple of years. Now. We were three and a half years old, so Virtuoso is our newest year. I said, you know, we... We were limited in our hop uh, access contracts in year one, mm-hmm. so we had to make do with what we could get. So we saw a lot of Ella and low and constellation prize. But at, in year three, we finally got all the sexy stuff: Mosaic, Citra, Galaxy. And so I said, "Look, if um, you know, cost was not an object. Uh, what you know? How can we make the best IP in the world, um, bearing no you know, sparing no expense and." Uh, that's what we try to do, and that's where we're at with the with, with cost That's my and favorite beer. To
1: that must gravitate more more to the Lord than the hobo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it depends what, what mood you're in, you know, how much money you get in your pocket, you
1: know. Uh, sure. We're drinking it right now in the air too with you, and and it's yeah. it's it's delicious, it's electable, and, and I'll you'll be happy to hear it. this is not the first time I've had this. I've actually bought this at the store. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah virtuoso, I w- I would put that in a blind taste against any other IP in America, happily.
1: I mean, it, it's it's just good. It's, it, it's It's got the note in there. Yeah. Because I'll, I'll admit, as a beer lover and, and home brewer, when I taste Citra, sometimes I feel like that's all I taste. But I appreciate the fact that, hey, you're making a hazy IPA. I understand why is part of there. you got to simulate that citrus taste. And you're doing it without actually adding physical citrus. You're not yeah, adding yeah. Yeah. grapefruit to this. You're not adding orange to yeah, this. Yeah. But you're having to kind of you're make me awesome. feel like that. Feel like I'm drinking that, and there's an art to doing that, which is why this clearly won our blind taste test when we when we did. That. Or I'm sorry, yeah. Boom Sauce did, well, boom but, but, sauce but, did. but Boom yeah. Sauce did, but, but still the, the same brewer or the same company who produced that knew how to do that and hit that flavor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really. it, it's just kind of like a more heavy heavy-handed version.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a little sweeter version of Boom Sauce, but it's still one thing I I am impressed with is it's very crisp. It's actually oh, pretty yeah. crisp for something that that is sweeter or fruit fruit notes you know it, you know it's, it's not it's not cleanly sweet it's actually kind of, that, yeah. kind of that sort of crisp taste to it and that, I, I, that, that, I, that I do appreciate about it so
2: um nice yeah that's my favorite it's my go-to right now
1: the virtuoso yeah well, well, well tell us about the lady in white the uh the angelica <laughs> I'm calling her the lady yeah, in white yeah
2: <laughs> and Jeff super cool. Um, you know, we're predominantly IPA house, and I wanted to make something else for the non-IPA folks, but I'm still a hophead, so there's still, obviously, it's, pretty, it's a pretty hop-forward wheat beer. But I wanted to make a sort of like what, I, what we call a New England wheat beer uh, to give it a little bit of juice and haze character. So it's um, it's a little bit of a hybrid, and fortunately, you know, there's not a lot of true-to-style uh, vice beers being made in the U.S. and can kind of get away with some latitude on styling and guidelines. So calling it New England wheat, which is really just like our house wheat, which means it's basically going to have a bunch of sexy hops in it um, without being bitter and cloying. So it's only 5.5, super drinkable. It's also uh, super affordable from a price perspective. So. For the, ho- for the hobos in you, it's very, very very very
1: affordable. For, 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 for
0: hobos like <laughs> Kevin and me, you know, <laughs> it works out perfect. Uh, it's it, yeah. it like if, if yeah. I'm
1: hanging out in the pool in August and yeah. I want to have, I want to I want to drink four and feel like I drank six. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go for the lady in white. Go for Angelica.
0: Well, yeah, and and that's the thing. I one of the things I always look for in beer, especially the lighter beers, the lighter in color. Um, I want something that. I don't. I don't know how often you've been down here to to Florida, but it, like today, this very day, September nineteenth, uh, it was uh, ninety one today. Yeah. <laughs> you know? it got higher so. than that too. Yeah, yeah. He and it, or, or like you know, and and we we're big football fans. We uh we, you know we, we go to a lot of games. We cover we actually cover the local pro and college team here. Uh, so we do a lot of tailgating. And it is insanely hot, insanely. the yeah. heat index uh, for the game, for the Bucks game on on Sunday, the hundred <laughs> like, and two. Like, like that's that, that's insane. That's insane. It is. So, so what I'm looking for is a beer that I can that's light enough that I can drink it, but has a flavor that I'm not like, oh, I'm just wasting my time drinking some bullshit beer, you know, whatever. And so that is so I do appreciate when I, when I find beers in the market that are, that, are, that are like that, I, I appreciate. It. I tend to gravitate to that because that's. You know, a lot of people are looking for like, you know, for, for AB stuff or Miller stuff or whatever, you know. And so you're always looking for something that's really that's good, you know, that that, that I can I can drink is it, good. It's got a little bit of a kick to it, and so um uh, and so that and so I, I see that I definitely see that in in the Angelica. Uh,
1: I would say his his three light beers that we're having right now in the air hobo life and then what I would consider like we're getting like like a almost like executive pass for pills and oh, Angelica yeah. I think all three of these beers are very on point yeah 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 they have the good they, have, they
0: all have a good flavor to them and they're all light enough that you just you can drink map but they're sneaky too because you'll drink you'll drink more of them. I mean hobo life <laughs> I, feel <like laughs> I feel like
1: I just jumped into a pool of Citra hops when I ju- when I'm drinking hobo life is that an accurate assessment you think
2: yeah, so you know, session beers are, are difficult. Um, obviously, uh, typically though they're like seltzer water with bitterness. They're really light in body. It's just challenging to make a tasty IPA sub five and a half six percent. So, Hobo Life is made with flaked oats, twenty percent of the malt bill, and that gives us a whole bunch of body to get mm-hmm. to four point five mm-hmm. and still be tasty. So, to me, if you didn't know it was four point five, you'd be fine saying it was like five and a half six percent. It just drinks like a dry bitter citra, IPA, yep. and not like yeah. an a second but it's it's just uh-huh.
1: it's, 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 it's swimming in hop though. Like I, yeah. I feel like I feel like the hops all in my nose. It's in yeah, my it's throat. hoppy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm ear nose and hops. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Yeah,
0: I, I think you yeah, I, I think that's it's, it's impressive that that. Obviously, you guys are making a lot of this, you know, and so to be able to, and so one, you know, one of the things is to be able to maintain flavor of that, and, I, and there's such okay. a good flavor to it, you know, I mean, obviously, we're, we're, uh, we're good ways from Woburn, and so, or, or um, <laughs> guilty, and, yeah, and so, um, so I, I, I like that when I, I open up a can here, I feel like it, that the flavor is similar to what I would have, you know, if I, if, you know, if I was, you know, if I was in your bar and came. And so um and so, and so you know, so that's very important so um one thing I have a, a question about, okay so all right so tell me about the craft beer scene in Boston yes okay, so many so many I still moons, haven't been I want to go oh man so many okay so many moons ago Daniel I used to live in Boston I I lived in Medford actually I was in grad school there and so um, I have been to uber and I'm sure I'm butchering the name I we pronounce it Voober, but you gotta understand, I'm a Floridian, so I'm probably I'm sorry, I'm probably fucking up all the names. So yeah, you know, so um, so yeah, so so tell me about craft beer in Boston. Wow,
2: that's a loaded question. There's a lot to it. It's <laughs> a lot of history. You want to talk about the last three years? Last ten years? Last uh, three oh years yeah yeah.
1: Minus any part, you know what? A, this is unadulterated. You, you do what you want. Actually, say what yeah, you, say yeah, what I you gonna, want.
0: I was gonna say minus Sam Adams and and Harpoon, but like you know, but just yeah. Tell tell me anything. Just just what have I missed? <laughs> so
2: yeah, well, it's, it's one of the more sophisticated, savvy beer markets in the country. It has been for a long time. It's been a lot of world class beer bars in in Boston for going back twenty years, and certainly. Um, like, you know, Boston's such an interesting city. It's got all the colleges and the, the hospitals history. and the students and the tourists and the history of the old people. A lot of smart people. It's just a, such an incredibly intelligent, sort of liberal, thoughtful, like intellectually curious city that mm-hmm. so crappy is a natural fit and it's pretty affluent um, relative to the, rest of the country. So, you know, there's a lot of people spending money at Whole Foods and mm-hmm. at especially coffee shops. So. There's a people like to spend money on good things in Boston, whether it's homes or cars or dinner or beer for sure, so a lot of beer bars, a lot of great places to grab uh possibly curated drop lists and then a ton of breweries now too, obviously like anywhere else you know we a couple of years ago we had thirty in the state and now we have hundred and thirty in a couple of years and, and probably another fifty on the way so it's a savvy beer market um but it has a good legacy you know I mean San Island is not. Boston Company, you know, they make beer in Cincinnati, and it's sort of been like a, you know, it's like been contracted for, for 30 years. So it identifies as a Boston brewery, but it it's never had one here until relatively recently. Yeah. Um, so Harpoon is really, from my perspective, the original Boston brewery. They've been in the seaport for 30 years, and they've been dominating forever. Um, and that's a good for class. rest of us. You know, Sam Adams and Harpoon were necessary for Boston Boston become world class beer destination, and now we have if you look at like all the rating sites you know the top rated breweries are you know a lot of them are in Massachusetts, Trillium and Treehouse, Night Shift and a bunch of others so there's a whole bunch of interesting things happening in Mass that just of speak to the level of sophistication of the consumer Um, I don't you know I don't know how well some of these brewers do elsewhere Um, but you know like like, like here everyone's getting more sophisticated and it's a really fun time to be a beer drinker, for sure. It's really easy to find the beer on every corner. Every bar has something that's special, and, and there's breweries everywhere. So Boston's pretty good, man.
0: Oh well, yeah. No, I, I can imagine. Like I said, I spent two years there uh, it was, it was some time ago. Um, I'm, but I, but that I, I all everything you say makes total sense. Cause honestly, uh, Boston's one of the smartest cities <laughs> I've ever lived in, <laughs> and like
1: it, 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 and, and Discerning taste. Discerning taste. <laughs> yeah, you know, like very discerning well, taste. <laughs> t- t- taking these tastes into account, uh, you mentioned harpoon. Are there any local breweries or any place around Boston area that you plan on doing collaborations with in the future?
0: Or any collabs down here in Florida? Or any collabs
1: in Florida too,
2: or any, anywhere?
0: Yeah,
1: anywhere yeah. actually.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Collabs are a big part of our our future. Well, we have finally had capacity. We've been we have a we built a big brewery, but we've been full, you know, fully sold out since day one all the way through and so now we have built some capacity and we've built a, we a 10 barrel system alongside our 40s so we can start playing around with more things like collaborations. Um, Does that mean like so te- we are your, your
1: testing system is 10 barrel? Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. Holy <laughs> shit, dude.
1: Like, fucking A, dude. It, 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 yeah, we started it's it's with, so impressive. Know, we started it 46, not only feet.
2: He makes awesome beer, but uh, his, his
1: testing is a 10 barrel. Yeah, Holy yeah. shit.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm, we're, we're, y- yeah, well, we we started with the four vessel forty barrel system, and forty six thousand square feet, and you know our our capacity in our building is like two hundred thousand barrels a year. So we built a big facility, and now we're finally getting caught up with capacity. And um, so yeah, we're doing a collaboration with MIA soon for our okay. Barzel, and right. um, I love the guys. At, I love the guys at Tampa Beerworks, Grayson and Bob. I think Bob's gone from there now, but. Um, huge fans of those guys, their year's great, so we're to with them. And, um, we have something going with, um, a few other things that are in the works. So, yeah, we we have a lot of great relationships. I've been in the industry for 20 years, so a lot of people, I've kind of uh, been saving the Rolodex for when we're ready to do collapse. So, we're certainly going to come in pretty happy into Florida with some stuff. And, and we've been told, you know, we've been getting pretty serious about with opening up another tap room in, in Florida, so. Um, well, you know kind of spice the hyper things
1: or you need help lo- find locations let us yeah, know I know I, I know you've got one sales rep specifically who could probably help as well and <laughs> tap room in Florida yeah. where, where, where about well, yeah, probably probably, uh, is that something you can Tampa St. Pete, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay, all right. All right. G- good, good beer scene down here. Uh, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll say uh, I, I still want to go to I Asheville. I think best in the state. I still want to go to Asheville, but, but yeah. I, I, I think Tampa is a booming, booming beer, yeah, yeah. beer economy.
0: Yeah. But a lot of drunks down here. You'll like it. There's
1: a lot of fathers, a lot of, a lot of parents. <laughs> yeah, a yeah. A lot of drunks yeah. down all, here. Yeah, they
0: all, they all like to drink, so uh, – Alright, so we'll get you out on this. Alright guys,
2: I gotta I gotta run here soon you have a, a final question here to wrap up today?
0: Yeah, this is actually a final question. Alright, I, mean, I I'd be remiss if I did not ask about the names and the can design. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I so just tell me tell me just kind of what's what's the kind of the idea behind I mean, excellent names. Killer killer can design, branding, black cans, and Angel, is a white white can. Just tell me about it. What you can.
2: And, and, and whatever time you had. Yeah, Lord Hobo is named after my, my best friend. His name is Hob, and I always called him Hobo. And one night we were all drinking, and he was being uh, a little bit extra Hobo. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, we were just ha- we were just giving him talking shit. I was like, you are the Lord of the of the Hobos, and it just kind of stuck. And then I was opening a new bar 10 years ago in Cambridge, and I wanted a name for it, and I looked up, I Googled Lord Hobo, and it didn't exist anywhere, literally. So I was able to get the domain name and all the social media stuff and trademark and all that. And I just like the sort of the iconography opportunity where you can have the image of the fallen king versus the image of the king of the hobos. And it's two fuller words that look good together. And, um, and it's kind of fit for what the, the bar was trying to represent. And it was just a nice homage to my, my dear friend. Um, and then when we went to, went to open up the brewery, it's like, you know, I could, could have called it Daniel and Candice's Brewing Company, but, you know, nobody would really have known who that was. us, but Lord Hubble had a reputation for being a world-class destination, so I knew we'd have, you know, leg up on the competition uh, as far as, like, ent- barrier to entry and getting into some shelf space. And also, you know, we just had some credibility um, beyond the average startup, so that was important. And then as far as the design, you know, I paid a really expensive design guy um, because I believe that uh, that stuff matters, you know. So a lot of folks don't want to spend money on uh, artwork, uh, and you can tell because their cans look, look like shit. And you can argue that you know it's all about what's inside. And I obviously we have that pretty well covered. But I you know you need to, it's so competitive, and also just a matter of like self-respect and just you know artistic vision. And want to make sure our cans are beautiful. So that's what we we did there.
1: Well, mission accomplished. Uh, I think the color scheme. Yeah. I, I think everything. I, I, I yeah. think you, I think you're knocking it out of the park, dude
2: across the board. Okay. Uh, thank you so much.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I, so I, I need just one can name, Boom Sauce.
2: How did you
1: come up with that name?
2: <laughs> um, I, I just stare at the ceiling a lot and think these things through. And uh, at the time, um, we were saying Booyah a lot. We were saying awesome Sauce a lot. I just kind of combined it. And I looked it up, and somehow no one has ever used it. And I was shocked by that, so I called my attorney. I was like, get a my blue sauce right now, you know. We, we hadn't <laughs> even opened a brewery yet. I was like, <laughs> nice. i got to have that. Nice.
1: i, I got to ask one last question. Is your attorney on speed dial? Uh, of, course.
2: Yeah, of, course. Of, course, <laughs> of course, of course. Of course, of course. Oh, of, course. Oh, of, course. Oh, of course. Hell yeah. Sure. All right. Well, well, it, what yeah, but that's, listen, that The meter is always running, so that's getting yeah, you know. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, yeah. That's uh, the uh, other trust side Trust me, that. I know exactly <laughs> what
2: you're talking about.
1: Oh,
0: uh, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. Well, thank you so much for have, having us on, uh, for, actually for, for me talking with us or whatever. Uh, and, you know, and like I said, we, we're just enjoying your beers out here. That, that, that's
1: what we do in Florida. You know, we, we sweat and we drink really good beer. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: I, I love it. Well, I'll be down in uh, Miami in a few weeks, and uh, hopefully I can well, run here. you only
1: four hours away. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: yes. Well, it's not a big deal in New England, so.
1: <laughs> Man. I tell you, I know.
0: That's just traffic. That's just traffic in, you know, I-93. But, uh, you know, what? so, well, thank you very much. Hans. We look forward to the next time we can talk to you. And for now, glasses are empty. are off. This is Balls and Brew. Thanks,
1: guys.
2: Appreciate your time. All right. Thank you.
0: Hi. Thank you so much for listening to, to this, uh, this episode of the Balls and Brew Show. Um, if you really enjoy it, tell a friend. Tell, tell a bunch of friends. Tell your mama she's into beer and sports. Tell her she's not into beer sports. Hell, maybe she'll listen to it. I don't know. Whatever. But just definitely tell someone. That's how we want to grow this thing. It's a labor of love. Uh, We do it for you guys. Um, And if uh, if there's certain topics that we're not touching on, uh, please hit us up and let us know. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, You can also go on to ballsandbrew.com and leave a message. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, We're we starting a Patreon account And so you may even be able to donate to us And really get the dream going We'll have some prizes to go along, along with your donation as well So definitely look for that soon For now, the glasses are empty, the mics are off This is Road.